405-329-9000. Sound off on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Putkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. <laughs> we didn't play good and we didn't coach good. Um, and they played really well uh, for what they were trying to accomplish. Uh, uh, Chris is, uh, is a good guy, the coach. Uh, and, you know, like he said after the game to me, he said, I don't think we could have played a more perfect game against y'all. And I said, well, you picked a <laughs> day to do it. I know I do. Do you owe Will Howard an apology? He's been sandbagging us for three years now, <laughs> only to have his Heisman moment against OSU. Look at Will Howard oh playing the God. long game, right? Like John Elway out there? Or who was that? Check, Woo. check, check. He trapped us. Will Howard trapped us. I think that was like his first win as a starting quarterback in the conference, and he did it by the final score of 48 nothing. Well, he played top 15 He team. played great against TCU. Yeah. Didn't get the win, though. That's right. Yeah, that was that was shocking. Of all the things that happened in college football over the weekend, that was shocking. Didn't see that happening at all. Now, I, I saw a scenario in which Kansas State could win that football game and maybe win it comfortably if Oklahoma State went in and made a bunch of mistakes. But, man... That was wild. It was the second most shocking thing to me this weekend. Oh, really? Uh, number one was my reaction during the fake field goal where the seas parted yeah. and Zach Schmidt just ran in for a touchdown. Oh, God. I, I said it yesterday on the show. That was the single happiest moment I've had this entire football season. Special teams I, playing a factor I, in a football game? I could have cried in that moment. It was so beautiful. Yeah. Oh. You go from annoyed that you have to settle for a field goal on that drive to celebrating six points and one of the best fake field goals I've ever seen from an OU team. Yeah, it was it was great. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I can't stop talking about it. Couple of great drives in that f- football game. How it makes a little bit of a difference, doesn't uh, doesn't it on your defense whenever you have Hey, don't say that. Don't you can't say that here. All right, no one. 13, 15 play drives? There's some people that are saying, oh, they didn't play good defense. They just played a crap offense on Saturday. Yeah, uh, Let me guess. You can trace the uh, origins of those text messages right back to the people that said we were going to give up 40 (laughs) to to Iowa State. I need to check their text history, but I'm going to guess that that's probably the case. Now, I, I think most people... You know, we're acknowledged like, hey, that was a that was a nice perform. That was a good performance by the defense. It was yeah. encouraging to see. Okay, we'll see what they do moving forward. But there is a small section that Iowa State sucks. You don't you don't get better by playing. You can't say that they're better because you played a slower car. Are you kidding me? You beat a much slower car. What does that get you? Like, come on, guys. Progress was made on Saturday. I don't know how much progress was made, but we saw it. Yeah. Uh- I don't know. I I don't. I guess I don't know what to say to that. Um, I feel pretty comfortable saying that we've gotten better on defense than we played better on defense than we have uh, in in 
different moments this season. Just because we say we've gotten better doesn't mean that we're saying we're a top 10 defense. Can't you just get a little bit better without having to be the best in the country? There's, no. there's like, you know, we were hovering around like the 120 area. So maybe we played like the 90th best defense. And didn't it feel good, by the way? It right. felt so good. Oh, it was amazing. Come on. Yeah, I, I thought – um, I thought there were some good things from uh, – wait a second. This isn't right. All right. Text line is saying, holy crap, am I hearing Teddy part-time layman's voice from the yeah. 918s? Uh, let's see. Just an FYI, I love Tyler and Teddy in the afternoons. Miss the days Teddy is goofing off doing whatever else. Yeah, I haven't talked to you since Thursday of last week. It's been nice, huh? I bet it has, man. Jeez. <laughs> What's the problem? I The problem is there are eight consecutive days where I have a different co-host than the day before. <laughs> eight consecutive days. Hey, variety is the spice it's of like, life. It's like I find out the day of who I'm hosting a show with that day. And, and I love everyone that I host a show with. I, Josh was excellent yesterday. Uh, Travis is going to be awesome tomorrow. We'll see about you being any sort of good today at all here in studio. Mm. But it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's quite the carousel here recently. Well, um, I do played some golf yesterday, which, by the way, one of the best golf weather days I've ever had. Do but, you have your volume on in there? Because I can yeah. hear it th- throughout on your mic. <laughs> what that you, what's happening? What are you listening to? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I just think I heard <laughs> Russell that, Wilson say, let's oh, ride. Are you li- watching a Subway commercial or something? I couldn't tell if that was Russell Wilson or I thought maybe it was Prime, Deion Sanders. Um, I, it had one of these little side videos going on ESPN. God, I hate ESPN. Um, but I, I will say that after a long day of golf yesterday and then doing the show today, I, tomorrow's a much-needed break. Yeah, I, I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, 19 years ago today, this happened. Thank you very much, Brad. Everybody's been wondering, Coach, the last two years you've come over to win. Do you have Oklahoma's number? What do you know about this team that nobody else knows? Well, I don't put much stock in having their number. I know this. Our guys can't wait to play this ball game. It's going to be great. In a big game like this, there's a lot of emotion. Do you control it, Coach? To avoid the spectrum, you just let them go with it. has to be called control at, at points, but most of the time, let her rip. Uh, okay, 19 guys. years ago today, Les Miles on the sideline saying, let her rip, and he got ripped. Well, that Saturday, 52-9. to nine. Here's the thing. Um, for him, for his team, and for Okie State fans, I like the aggressiveness. I like the attitude. Um, going into your your in-state rivals' house. What were they ranked, like 11, 12? I think they were – were they nine, nine that day maybe? Oh, he was one. Um, going in there with, uh, with some confidence. I like it from that aspect. From my aspect, though, as a University of Oklahoma football player – it's probably the most slappable moment I've yeah. ever seen for like that as soon as I saw it and I don't know when I saw it but I was just like blood boiling. Oh sure. Mike Stoops was too. Wasn't he over there on the sideline at the end of the game like ah, you want more? Ah, you want more? He's like what? yelling at their sideline. Hey Brett, 
Um, what do you say? Huh? So, <laughs> yes, I agree that Les Miles showing confidence in his team and his team team being confident is great. But what it did is it created one of the top five, maybe even three performances by an OU team during your era in Norman. It's fun. <laughs> that, that that OU team that day. Woo, buddy. That that was uh especially defensively played at an extremely high level. I very high level. I am usually a um I'm not calm. I'm pissed off, but it's I I don't I'm not like a I'm not a hyped up person. Like before pre-game in game, Teddy's not like Buki. That's what he's trying to say. I, there's none of that. But in in this game, or in that game in, in 2003 against Oklahoma State, it's the most like it's the most like amped up, animated I've ever been for a football game. I I could not wait for that game to start. I think OSU muffed a punt, and you guys recovered uh, in the first half of the game. And you were celebrating and point like, hey, it's our ball. Point. I'm like, dang, that's the most animation I saw. There was more animation after OU recovering a muff punt than there was when he scored the game-winning touchdown <laughs> against Texas in 2001. And yeah. I think uh, you told me before, even your dad and your, your parents went to oh, every yeah. single game of your OU career, which is really cool. Didn't he say like that was his favorite game oh, yeah. of, of your career at OU is yep. the 0-3 Bedlam game? And I'll tell you what um, – that was for a game that was basically over in you know halfway through the second quarter that crowd at that game was incredible from 30 minutes before kickoff until after the game ended it was every yeah. seat was full it was 52 to 9 late and, you know, we had like a, a late goal line stand to keep them from scoring a touchdown on us. And like you would have thought that that was like that stop was like to win the conference championship. Oh, that atmosphere is the standard of what um, you're trying to get to. And I, and I know yeah. we've had several conversations this year about, you know, the crowd and how can it be better and how can OU get better engaging the crowd. Like to me, there's not a question that that stadium can be loud and can be intimidating because we've seen it before, right? Yeah. Whether it was 2000 Nebraska, that 03 Bedlam day game, I've never felt more venom in the air at an OU game than I felt that day. Yeah. And I, I mean, I just I haven't felt it there. That stadium can get to that level, but sure, I think most people would say that you got to do it more consistently, but it would help if the opponents were better rolling in here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's – there's a lot of that to it. I mean, there's a lot of different factors, right? You know, that was that was still, I would say, still honeymoon phase, right? After going through the rough patch of the '90s, um, you you were like in the mix for your number one in the country, in the mix for a national championship. Um, you're coming off of you know two straight losses to Oklahoma State shockingly but uh, there, there's every game has its own like storylines that can create you know an atmosphere on a given weekend um and you know it was ripe that way and for sure it was ripe but yeah I mean there's there's times whenever things kind of get stale throughout the conference and they've been that way 
for a while. Um, I got the I get the feeling though that it's not stale right now. I I feel like the Baylor atmosphere could be really if the, good if the weather cooperate. If the weather's fine, then I think it could be a very good atmosphere. Hell, I thought the Kansas atmosphere was really good. Well. <laughs> from what we thought it was going to be after three consecutive yeah. losses in an 11 a.m. game, absolutely. That's yeah. kind of what I'm saying. Like that—that that was um, there was a chance that that could be like fans had given up on the team, but instead, because you were you were you'd lost three straight, it kind of created an atmosphere where the fans were like, you know, needed a win just like the team needed a win, so it created a the best uh, OU Kansas atmosphere that we've had at home in a long, long time. Uh, and I think we could have the, the same situation against Baylor, which, you know, I'll be fighting the same stupid battle this week that I was last week uh, with Iowa State. I'll be fighting it with Baylor. Uh, right now is not the time you want to be playing Baylor. Baylor's starting to play the best football of the year. Mm-hmm. They finally got their running game going. It was slow to start off. You know, they it took them a little bit to to get their running back going after Abram Smith went to the NFL they last really year. Really good on Saturday, and they're they're starting to mesh. But right? you know who else is starting to mesh and playing maybe their best ball of the year? Kansas State. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> now that they figured out the right quarterback to play, sure. Ah, the hometown boys. Oh, you. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, optimism maybe. What'd you think of the football game on Saturday? Uh, a scenario unfolded that I did not think was possible. The defense was the reason why they won the football game. If you had told me on Friday that Dylan Gabriel was going to have less than 150 yards passing, uh, I would have been really worried about the game and OU's chances. And still, with all that, they figured out a way to win. Not only win, but win by two scores. Well, I, I don't was- know how you can't like you. Iowa State's not great. I understand that, but I don't know how you can't be pleased with what you saw on Saturday. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I, you've got to go back to what I think twenty sixteen. No. Until what? Go back to have a bigger margin of victory over Iowa 20, State. 2015. 2015 was yeah. the last time. Yeah, twenty fifteen was the last time that you beat Iowa State that bad. And By more than 10. their bowl game in 2019, which was the same day as the Peach Bowl against LSU, that's the last time they had uh, suffered a loss of 14 points or more, yeah. Iowa State. So. Yeah. And, and, and you did it on a day offensively where you left a lot of plays out there, left some points out there. So I don't, I mean, yeah. it doesn't, it, the, the, the main point is, and said it all day yesterday, this does not mean that OU's back to being a great team, but clearly they did what we asked them to do, which is get better uh, after the past two weeks. They are a better football team than what they were, I think, even in the Kansas game. I don't think the clearly the um, clearly the the offense left some points out there, left some yards out there. Okay, yeah, we all know that, but i i don't i'm I don't think that I don't think the offense played bad. I think all things honestly considered. I thought that they, I thought they played good. Yeah, I mean they ran it well enough. Dylan Gabriel was efficient when great. he had to be. Against the team that gives yep. up a hundred yards a game to put up one eighty, I thought the variety in the running game was 
excellent, continues God, to get better. You just got to hit on one of those deep balls, man. I know it. Oh, he took so many chances on first and ten, and we're so close on so many of those. I know it. I, I totally agree. Which um, Brent had a great quote on that, and I'll play the audio of it uh, at some point this hour. Here's the thing, though, about how the offense played. They played within within reason. They played smart. They they took some deep shots and they were good, calculated deep shots. They didn't they didn't force anything. Dylan Gabriel didn't force anything against Iowa State, which yes, they are an elite defense. Against Iowa State, we took what they gave us. Had some missed opportunities, yes, but we didn't panic. We didn't force anything. We we didn't um, try to do too much. We didn't try and you know get antsy and feel like we have to make a play and push it down the field. We were smart, efficient. Had scoring drives of what fifteen plays and thirteen plays. I mean that's. Yep. Against Iowa State, that's really, really You'll good. You'll take that. Hey, we got to get to the head coach of the Arlington Renegades coming up next segment. Ah, yeah. I can't wait for that. Can't wait to hear what Coach Stoops has to say. Uh, some really good stuff to talk about over the weekend. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 651-3439. Stream at home. Shop the latest ref gear. Read the latest issues of Boyd Street or 19th Street Magazine. And listen to the podcast for your favorite ref shows. Just visit the all-new KREF.com website. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. Big time upset in studio today. I thought for sure that you would be uh, dressed in some Arlington Renegades gear <laughs> after the merchandise dropped yesterday, but instead you're in a Taco Bell t-shirt. So I know. It. XFL shop is open uh, as uh, Coach Bob Stoops joined. Just the new gear looks awesome. Hey, I just want to start with, hey, Teddy, you noticed Tyler didn't lead off with giving me all that all that stuff about the favorite segment <laughs> he, of the week. You intimidated whatnot. me last week. You did. He, he learned you don't, you don't need to be doing all that for me. Uh, that's so, great. Uh, the best segment in the history of radio, Coach Stoops joins so us. So I just sucked up to him about the new gear instead for the Arlington Renegades. That's I good. actually just put on uh, uh, a polo with the new logo on it for the Renegades, and I'm about to go here in an hour to uh, an event at Texas Live here in Arlington, um, right across from the Rangers Stadium and Choctaw Stadium that we'll be playing in, uh, to meet a bunch of people and reporters and uh, kind of kick this, start to kick this off a little bit. So it's great. Yeah, it's, I guess, yeah, now that we... You mentioned it. We're in November. Uh, you guys get started the week after Super Bowl, right? So this this thing's going to be on you before you know it. Yeah, we start practice early January, and uh, the first uh, games will be the weekend after the Super Bowl. And let's face it, everybody's looking for more football, at least for uh, we've got a 10-week season, a playoff, and a championship, so everyone – That'll that'll help everybody get over the Super Bowl, and now we still got a little bit of football to watch. Yep, no doubt, and uh, it's fun to watch those players kind of uh, transition. Some guys from college, some guys are have have NFL experience. Heck, watching PJ Walker, who was with Houston the first yep. go round with the XFL, he's out there with Carolina uh, through a <laughs> game 
tying touchdown at the end of regulation. That was a, a a bad situation for Carolina, but he's out there playing well. Anyways, it's it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. How about the uh, how about the Sooners going up to Iowa State? That is a really tough team. That was a great atmosphere up there. Um, coming off of a bye week, that's a really good win, 27-13 against a, an Iowa State team that is way better than what their record says they are. Well, they've been in tight games, as you know, every single week. Um, they are better than the record says just because of all those tight games. They, you know, uh, just they haven't been able to make some key plays to, to change the outcome. And, you know, and then for us, Last week, we did make those key plays defensively and offensively to, to change the game and, and to give yourself an opportunity to win, and we did win. And I, I thought we played really well. Um, you know, I thought we gave up some opportunities to where we could have separated ourselves a little bit more, but that happens in games. And we still recovered from it where we let them hang around. I just think, like, for instance, Eric Gray hadn't fumbled all year, and mm-hmm. it was a fluky thing where that guy's helmet hit the ball. And But we're inside the 15 again. You know, on mm-hmm. that play, I thought, you know, Marvin's a, a great, great receiver for us and had, you know, might have had some other plays that could have helped, you know, that could have made a little bit of difference and, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I, I just thought we really played well and defensively it was great to see another really good defensive game and, came up with turnovers, and I thought the decision, Brent's decision and their design of the fake field goal was absolutely perfect and a great timing for it. When you're on the road, you don't want to settle for field goals, and, you know, and he, you know, made the appearance that, all right, we're, we're going to kick it and just get points, and there they shovel it right to the kicker, and he goes in untouched. So I thought that was a, a great, great call and perfect timing for it. So anyway. I thought it was a really sound and, and strong win. Now, am I crazy? And maybe you remember this, but I feel like all the way back whenever I was there, early 2000s, we had that same exact fake field goal in. Matt McCoy was the uh, – it was just a little bit different yeah. to the other side where he yeah. kind of tossed it over his shoulder, right? Yeah, well, no, that was one that goes outside. Oh, okay. We had that. But I, I believe we had one like that where Matt McCoy – Instead of flipping it to the kicker, he just set it down, let the kicker go through his motions, and then he ran it in. That's right. I yeah. didn't want to take a chance of flipping it to the kicker. So, <laughs> right. uh, But anyway, we always, as you remember, Teddy, I, I was always big on finding when, you know, someone is really set on how they always rush the, the field goal. Sometimes you can pin them, you pull one guy or pin them and push, you know, run someone out of there, and there's a lane there, and, Sure enough, that's what happened. And um, but anyway, I I can remember uh, you weren't there, but designing one to Michael Honeycutt for Oklahoma State that we end up scoring on. We put it in on Friday walkthrough. Wow, we nice. Just, like, all right, we need something here, and then we so we went through it about eight times. And I told Michael, I said, now listen. You're not used to catching the ball and all these guys chasing you and somebody really tattooing you. I said, so when you get that, when you, you know, if you're getting close to the goal line, you make sure you take care of the ball. And he said, Coach, I'm going to be the one tattooing the guy. <laughs> I started laughing. I'm like, okay. And sure enough, if you ever look back at that uh, field goal up in Stillwater, that fake, he gets destroyed just as he gets inside the pipe on. 
and he goes he goes on his back, his feet up in the air. I think the ball went flying. I was laughing, but fortunately, he had already crossed the the pylon. Now, now that I think about it, you know that's interesting because you know I just going back to my playing days. I know you designed um, you that great fake punt that we ran against Kansas State. I remember you designed all of those fake field goals, the one with that we ran against Missouri, uh, some of the other ones with Matt McCoy there. Um, and I don't remember if we ever used it, but we had a, like a special onside where I think we just is like a chip shot to Brandon Jones as he ran down the sideline. So yep. I'm guessing that's something that – did you dedicate uh, some time to that each week to designing oh, yeah. those things? Absolutely. I always felt if you could steal a possession with a fake punt, or you could still get a touchdown instead of a field goal and somebody's close tight games that, that it was, you know, they were big, big moments. And, uh, forgot and about I the was, one at Alabama too. The, yeah, the, Alabama the jet State. where they brought the jet off the edge. That Brent, that was uh, coach Venables and I, another Friday walkthrough, they kept, they, you know, we kept looking at that, that when they, they just totally ignore your eligible receivers and are kind of just rushing you and, I said, we got to have something. Brent said, we, let's, what if we did this? And he and I talked through it, and we just leaked Michael uh, Thompson out. And he, um, you know, and nobody was guarding. So it was just irresponsible on their their part, and we took advantage of it. And it was, we had, they had already got a finger on the punt. So it was like, look, we need to, and I felt the stadium crushing uh, coming down on us. It was so loud and, they were really feeling it that we really needed something to happen. And sure enough, we made it happen and got Michael got it out to about midfield. And because we were backed up and probably at our own 20 or inside. And then we threw a touchdown, uh, Jason to Brandon Jones in the very next play. And that mm-hmm. just quieted all of a sudden the stadium. You could hear a pin drop. Yep. That's true. Um, Back to the game on Saturday. You know, Dylan Gabriel didn't have the same stat line as he did for the Kansas game, but I thought he played pretty well. Uh, did a really good job oh. of managing the game. What have you thought? Um, you know, he had the injury, and he misses six quarters. And I feel like these past two games, not that he was playing bad before, but he, he's really played two solid games since coming off that injury. Has is, is that kind of been your takeaway? Absolutely. He played great uh, the last two games, and I thought he played great, you know, on the road. The other day, and again, you know, we have we have a few drops in there too that could have been big, other big stats. So you know, you you got to take all of that into consideration. I I thought he played an excellent game, and uh, in the last couple weeks, and and it's made a big difference for us. It, it always does. You know, one of the things that I thought was great, and we talked to Coach Venables about it last night on the coaches' show, is that it was it was the first quarter. I think the score was still zero zero. Whenever they brought in all the young guys, uh, they brought in what I think eight different guys off the sideline. Started to drive with them. They ran three plays, had three nice successful plays, and then they jogged in the number one offense off the side. After those guys got the ball out to about the forty yard line, running three really cool plays. I, I thought that was awesome to get those guys involved. You could see how much energy it brought to the sideline, seeing them go out there and have some success. That was really cool. Yeah, it, it, it was, and, uh, you know, and I, I always think it's great to play as many players as you can and, and still keep the, the rhythm of the game and, the, you know, how it is in the, 
you know, the flow of the game. Sometimes if you, you sub too much, it can get you out, but other times it doesn't. And so fortunately it worked that way and, you know, it'll probably keep happening that way. And I always felt, and probably not, probably not true, I always felt it was easier to do defensively than it was offensively, but it, it's probably not the case. I mean, you know, just play guys you have confidence in that can make plays and move the ball. By the way, Teddy, xfl.com backslash tickets if you want to buy season tickets. All right. For the Arlington Renegades. There we go. We do need to make it down there for at least one game. Yeah, we Home do. Home opener for sure. That'll be uh, awesome. It's, a, it's an exciting, great stadium, Choctaw Stadium, and, uh, you know, it's the old Globe Life uh, right down here in Arlington, right across from the new ballpark, and uh, great stadium uh, that, to play in. And uh, Arlington, the people down here have been really great to us, really uh, just embracing – embracing us and what's going on here yep good stuff all right coach we appreciate you stopping by as always good stuff and uh look forward to talking to you next week all right guys good to be with you boomer sooner all right coach. and go renegades as well there we go <laughs> there, go. there, there we go. go coach bob stoops brought to you by Modelo. appreciate Modelo for sponsoring our weekly chat with bob stoops yeah i uh, was not going to say our favorite segment of the week after last week <laughs> so i've been thinking all week long of like all right what am How I going to say to make it not thing? look like so awkward? Uh, oh, the merch release. I'll definitely do that instead. No, nah, he got me. Uh, that no was big good. deal. He knew it. He had you set up there. For it. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. Keep the text coming. 651-3439. We'll be back. Bob Stoops brought to you by Modelo. You can catch him on The Rush every single Tuesday at 3.20. Tyler and Teddy, we're inside the Brown O'Haver studio today. Interact with the show on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. You know, we had a conversation, I feel like, two weeks ago today where, all right, well, let's see how OU finishes the last half of the season. ESPN FPI says that they're not going to win another game. (laughs) Obviously, the ESPN FPI has been 0 for 2 on that. Has it changed? It has changed, and I looked at it again today, and it was kind of interesting. Not that we take it as the gospel. It's just, you know, interesting to look at. OU uh, by the ESPN FPI, 47.8% chance to beat Baylor. So a less than 50% chance to beat Baylor. We're dog according to the FPI. 56.1% 56.1% chance to beat West Virginia. Mm-hmm. 57.7% chance to beat Oklahoma State. All right. 51.8% chance to win at Texas Tech. So, by the FPI's numbers, Go the toughest. Well, th- what I was going to get at is the toughest game left is Baylor, and the easiest game left is Oklahoma State. Do you agree with that? No. I think there's. I think there there's plenty of reason to say that Baylor is the most difficult. Like I agree with that to a certain degree. But I do not agree that Oklahoma State is the easiest. Unless Spencer Sanders' injury is significant and he's out yeah. for the year and there's some scuttle that that could maybe be the case. Look like maybe a collarbone issue That's or something. That's kind of what's been out there. Yeah, yeah. nothing confirmed. And he was but, already hurting, yeah. it, it seemed like. So uh, it, 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 there's, it feels like there's some similarities to like Baker's situation in Cleveland. Remember, he was hurting, that shoulder was hurting, and then finally he took – like that horrible, uh, was it? Was it? Who was it that got him? I for, I forgot who who hit yeah, him. Yeah, someone like crushed him and fell on him. But 
um, anyways, yeah, I I think that if he's out for the season, which I'm just going off of what Oklahoma State's been up to this point, injury-wise, yeah, that can definitely change. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say the easiest game remaining, it has to be – even though, like, I don't think any of them are easy, but I ha- I would probably have to go with West Virginia. West Virginia is the least talented team that you're going to play. Yeah. Now that the, the trip to Morgantown can obviously that, that can present some challenges, but West Virginia is, I think, at best the ninth best team in the conference. In fact, they are for how bad that Iowa State team looked on Saturday and how much everyone, uh, not everyone, but some people are saying, you didn't accomplish anything. Iowa State sucks. You saw them. Right. Iowa State is favored over West Virginia this week. Yeah. Yeah. Iowa State still winless in the Big 12. West Virginia has one win. Um, yeah. I, 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 would, I would say probably West Virginia. But, you know, even with West Virginia, I – they're probably – I would probably have them as number 10 in the conference right now. And they just played the number one team in the conference. Uh, TCU's a, a top 10 team in the country to an uh, incredibly close football game Well, they were down three late in the fourth quarter, yeah. and they had a drive. Like it, it was a, like an 80-yard drive, 75-yard drive, but they had a drive to go take the lead late. Right. So, sure. That's, that's yeah. just how, that's how tight this conference is. And, and no one – Nobody cares to hear that, and fine, whatever. I'm not going to fight people on on any of that. They can, they can just say that everyone sucks, and and that's that's fine. But yeah, it's nothing is easy this year. Nothing. So we'll see how it unfolds. Slowly but surely, the optimism has grown over the past two games. Yeah. There was zero optimism going into the Kansas game. You beat KU, and okay. Did some nice things, but I'm not ready to crown this team. They still got a long way to go. Let's see. Let's see what they do in Ames. They do some nice things again with Iowa State. Okay. I mean, it was a bad team, but could kind of maybe see the light at the end of the tunnel starting to play better. I feel like if you beat Baylor on Saturday and look good doing so, not that the optimism is going to go over the top, but I think it's going to change to, yeah, we could run the rest of the schedule and maybe get to that 10th win with, uh, with the bowl game. Yeah, because especially as Spencer Sanders is out for the year, I think you're going to be favored in every single game left. Um, you beat Baylor on Saturday, and I think that there should be this new thought process by most OU fans. Like, dang, yeah. I, they might they might finish nine and three. Right. Um, well, if Spencer Sanders is out, can Oklahoma State beat Kansas and Lawrence? I uh, I picked Kansas to beat uh, Oklahoma State yesterday, so I guess I'm saying no. Uh, State is a two point. Yeah, I like right KU now. in that game. They're going to get their sixth win in Lawrence Ooh. on Saturday. <laughs> Man, uh, things change quickly in this conference, and I it it doesn't take much. Like you look at Kansas. Kansas is on a three game skid. Well, guess what? They had their quarterback out for three games, right? Oklahoma State is they're starting to battle some quarterback issues and. You know, if if they don't have Spencer Sanders for the rest of the season, all of a sudden you start looking at, at – They get average real quick offensively. Yeah. I mean, real quick. They got Kansas. They got an Iowa State uh, tough, tough defensive team coming to, to Stillwater. It's going to be really hard to score on them. Coming to Oklahoma, and then they've got West Virginia to close up the season. But uh, I could easily see 
a four-game skid for Oklahoma State here. They've already lost one if they don't have Spencer Sanders the rest of the I way. I agree. Text line is Matt Campbell's stock tumbled this year for coaching jobs. Jeremy and Tulsa. Yeah, I mean, I'm it's I'm sure it's tumbled. It, it would it's a lot harder to convince a donor base to bring in Campbell off of a three and five season currently than it is coming off of some of his better years. But for those who know, I I think you can see what he's done with Iowa State. Even though the record is what it is, they're playing everyone incredibly tight. So. I, if he wanted to leave, he could, but I, it's not going to be for the, the the top premium jobs, I wouldn't think. Peyton says, I think West Virginia loses to Iowa State, then West Virginia will be a lock because they have that quit factor. Their head coach could get fired uh, on Sunday yeah. if they lose to Iowa State, which they're a seven-point dog to Iowa State in Ames. Well, Everyone's firing their head coaches early now. Neil Neil Brown is on the hottest seat in the conference. There's, there's a real chance they lose in Ames that – they have an interim head coach by Monday. Yeah, well, I'd like them, if they're going to make that move, I would like them to go ahead and do it early, and we can kind of run out that brief jump in energy from a new head coach and the team trying to rally there. And It didn't work in Lincoln, Nebraska no, when they had that. No, it didn't, but it has worked in the past. I just I would rather not have to deal with it personally, but um, – I don't know. I think we're I think we're a better football team than West Virginia. I think we're a better football team than Texas Tech. Um, yet to be determined with Baylor and State. I do feel like Baylor's the toughest game left yeah. on, on the schedule. And they're getting it's, it's like I be said, a challenge. They're getting it together too. This is this is one of those games where you would have rather played this football team early in the year and some of the other ones that are starting to have some uh, some injury issues you would have liked to swap these games with Baylor. We had the point yesterday on the show that, okay, um, I think the past two games have shown that you are better. And give this team credit for that, right? They Instead of just mailing it in after the Texas loss, they've rallied together and they're going to try to piece something together. They've gotten better. How much better you really have gotten over the course of the past couple of weeks might really be determined on Saturday against Baylor, how far you've come as a team. Yeah, not that Baylor's the best team in the country or anything, but I think that they offer uh, they're a pretty stiff test at this point in the year. Yeah, it, it's going to be a really good indicator of how how much better this team has actually gotten. Uh, one one more text before you hit a break to Teddy in the second half of the Iowa State game. You said you saw a couple of defensive problems that need significant attention. Can you please elaborate? Uh, yes, I can. It was one of them the 4th and 12? Right after we hit a quick timeout. We're up against it. We'll get back to that on the other side. Yes, there were some defensive issues that need attention for sure. We'll talk about those next. Keep the text coming. 651-3439. We'll be back. Cavens Construction, bringing you this hour of the rush. CavensConstruction.com, especially for any 24-7 emergency repairs with your home or your office building. All right, some uh, major defensive gaffes happened in the second half, apparently, according to you. Well, Do you want to start with the 4th and 12 play where they scored a touchdown on? Is that where you're going? Yeah, the, the two fourth downs on the same drive were 
were disappointing. Um, you had them in great spots. You had played really good on that drive. And I'm trying to remember, I think on the beginning of that drive is like whenever you, you gave – like the biggest play that frustrated me was the um, – the, the like the – the longest run of the day, the scramble by Deckers. By Deckers, that was like almost 30 yards of their 66 rushing yards that they had. And he, and we had him dead. Yeah. We had the two inside backers had him in a vice tackle. The play is absolutely dead. Was that a Huebu that missed on that yeah. one? Yeah, and it's just, you know, mistakes happen, and I'm not going to sit here and hammer him, but you, you just you can't do that. Absolutely inexcusable. That's as easy as it gets. You have two guys to tackle one. Uh, it's, I mean, it's open field, but it's really not an open field tackle. You've got ton of room. You don't need to make a big hit. All you do is corral him, get him to the ground, punt team up, and we're not going to give up a touchdown, All right? And I, I, I was in no fear of Iowa State getting back in the game. We were in in total control of the football game at that point. But I wanted for them to hold them out of the end zone to have a what was it was still a solid day defensively, but it would have been an excellent day. No, I mean because that drive is really the only thing. If you want to complain about the defense on Saturday, that that drive is That's really it. the only thing that you can complain about. So That's no, right. I, I I totally get it from from that. You weren't nervous when Iowa State cut it to seven midway in the fourth quarter. No. Oh, buddy, I okay. No, I love the confidence, but I sure because I, I maybe I, that's easy. Just I easy got for the me feeling now. because the offense uh, three and out right after that, you kind of got the feeling of ooh, it's going to be tough sledding from the offense from from here on out. Right, but the defense interception, interception, turnover on downs. Yep, they had their worst moment of the day. That's how they rebounded. Yep. Yeah, let's see. It was um, it was going back. Trying to find the play, I'm not exactly sure what one it was, but it it was it was the frust it was the most frustrating play of the day for me. You know, the two fourth downs were were I mean they're going to make some throws and catches on you, but we made those uh, way too easy on desperation type plays. Didn't have much pressure on him at that point. Um, you know, I don't know. All in all, I still say, all in all, it was a a really successful day defensively. And people want to start talking about who the opponent is, whatever. Don't care. Not concerned about that. I'm still seeing improvement on a team defense basis and on an individual basis on that side of the ball. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two is next.